can't expect that everyone is as passionate about racing as we are. We can't expect that everyone is able to hear the silent call of the sea at 5am. Not everyone possesses the ability to smell the difference between rich and lean. Nor the ear to differentiate the bark of two cylinders from four. It would not be fair of us to assume that the world understands the yearning and overwhelming compulsion that we have to push through pain, angst, frustration and failure. Some people might not understand the desire to test physical limits, conquer fear, or to tangle with the forces of gravity and physics. But we don't make product for them. Look to the future, but embrace our past. We study, we analyze, we race on Sunday so we can innovate on Monday. We exercise trial and error religiously. through our commitment to the pursuit of perfection. We learn. How to make product for the people that are capable of dedicating everything to sport. Whether there is a championship involved or not. Alpine stars, one goal, one vision. That's where it all started. 
Big MX Radio, brought to you by Fly Racing USA, is on the air. Fueled by passion, focused on motocross. W Wheels USA, Moto Ice Wrap, Viral Goggle Brand, and Maxima USA make it possible to bring you the news, the interviews, and the point of views inside the sport of motocross. The gate's about to drop on Big MX Radio. Welcome to the Fly Racing Big MX Radio Podcast Show brought to you by Justified Cultures, Traction MXT Covers, and Moto Ice Wrap. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt. With us on the line, we have none other than Matt Weller. Matt, how's it going? Good. How are you, Brad? Hey, I'm not doing too bad. It's a, it's a great Friday today. Yes, it is. A little soggy here in Iowa, but it's a great Friday. Yeah, it's, it's also a little bit soggy here as well, so uh, we've got that in common. Uh, you are in Des Moines, Iowa, correct? Uh, correct. I'm actually just outside of Des Moines in a town called Ankeny, but yes, I'm in the metro. All right, fair enough. Well, it's a pleasure to have you on the show, and for those who don't know uh, who you are, and uh, they should already be following you on social media, uh, at uh, mweller572, and we'll get to the number in a second here, but... Uh, Give us a little bit of background about you. Uh, tell the listeners who you are and uh, why we got connected to make this happen. Well, um, I've always kind of followed motocross ever since I was a, a kid. Uh, I grew up, my uncle raced in the 70s and 80s, and I kind of picked it up from him. Um, I started riding at, uh, I think, age of 14 or 15. Always passionate about the hobby. Um, always worked on my own bikes. And uh, one day I bought a clapped-out bike on Craigslist and just uh, rebuilt it to my own my own needs and just kind of stuck with me from there. And I just continued buying old ragged-out bikes and fixing them up. Fair enough. And that's actually been a – it's become a – a bit of a pastime now for a lot of people. They want to recreate the bikes of yesteryear, especially the, the factory bikes, because uh, now that those parts are more readily available and with graph, graphic companies that can recreate things, it's totally doable. And uh, so what was that first bike that you kind of worked on and, and recreated for yourself? Um, the very first bike I did, I believe, was a... 06 KTM 125. Granted, that's, you know, new. It's not a 90s bike, but that was one of the, the first ones that I ever really did. Um, I would say first kit bike complete was like an 01 or 02 KX 125. And I went overboard on it, to say the least. Um, kind of didn't have any intentions of selling the bike and got the thing done and actually somebody wanted to buy it. So I sold it and then I bought another one and I just kept going from there. I'd say I've been at it for about six years on and off and I've done probably 10 bikes total. So let's run them down. What what bikes have you worked on? Uh, Oh, uh, did a KX 125. Um, I've done a pair of CR125s. Uh, I did a CR500 AF. It was the uh, 97 to so the gen first gen um, CR250 aluminum frame with a 
I think it was an 89 CR500 engine. Uh, I did a couple CRF 250s. And then most recently, I've got into like the older, the 90s bikes. Uh, and I think what really got me into that was I started building um, a 95 CR250 because I wanted to get into doing some vintage racing. I wanted to do some vintage Evo classes. And the more I worked on this bike and the more money I got into it, I just it kept nicer and nicer and nicer. And when I was all done with it, I was like, I can't ride this bike. It's too nice. And um, I moved on to uh, 92 YZ250. I'm doing a Damon Bradshaw replica right now. And I also got a 94 RM125. And um, when I originally picked up that bike, it was kind of in the – I wasn't really for sure which direction I wanted to go with it. I thought about either like a Denny Stevenson replica or a Jimmy Button replica. And, um, recently I had a gentleman reach out to me from Stiffy brand graphics. I don't know if you remember okay. them from the, okay. uh, yep. Yep. the mid eighties or mid nineties. I mean, um, they're actually looking at making a comeback and he wants to help me out and do a, a graphics kit for that bike. So, um, kind of doing a different uh, direction with that. And then, uh, the well, most cool recent, to watch. Oh, cool to watch. Yeah, um, no, uh, the most recent bike I just did was a uh, 2000 RM250 that I did a um, Jeremy McGrath Suzuki of Troy theme on. Um, granted, it's not 90s moto, geared to look like a 90s bike, and I actually intend on uh, riding and racing that one quite a bit. Hey, this is Zach Cummins from Phoenix Racing Co. You're listening to the Big MX Radio Show. We're going to commercial. We'll be right back. Justified Cultures is the kind of apparel from the moment you put it on makes you feel like it was made just for you. Quality, comfortable apparel designed for and inspired by the live what you love lifestyle. Woven throughout the moto, desert, skate, and surf culture of Justified is the desire to celebrate human achievement, to inspire and create a modern lifestyle brand reflecting today's generation. Zach Commons, Matty Jesse, Phoenix Racing Co., Dominique Daffe, Cody Matichuk, and John Short are just a few athletes who don Justified Culture's clothing. Passion needed a clothing line to speak to the way that it lived each day, so we created Justified Cultures. Navigate JustifiedCultures.com to easily view over 40 individual styles to help you make a statement every time you step outside. As presenting sponsor to Big MX Radio, lock in promo code BIGMX17 when checking out at JustifiedCultures.com to receive 30% off your Justified Cultures clothing. Express your lifestyle with Justified Cultures. Live what you love. What's wrong, Jeff? I don't know, Jay. Well, you better fuel up with a nutritious breakfast with oats and bran. Oats and bran? I didn't think there was such a thing. That's what I used to think. Now, I start out every morning with a bowl of Amigos. For extreme kids like us. That's what I call fueling for the big ride. Hey, kids, start out every morning with a fat bowl. 
Hey, this is Alex Ray. I don't know if, why you're listening to Brad's podcast, but I'll be back on soon. Hey, this is Zach Cummins. All you hosers, quit listening to Nickelback and jump on over to the Big MX Radio Show. Hey, guys, this is Kate Clayson, and not only do I blow uh, Alex Ray's doors off in the track, but I do it at K1 speed, too. Well, fair enough. Like It, it seems like you've really dove down deep into this. When you're first working on the, the 95, that was your first real bike that you took super, super seriously uh, as far as uh, recreating a look. Um, what was the inspiration for that? Like, why why the, the Yamaha, or the Honda, Troy, rather? Well, to be honest with you, when I bought the bike, I wanted to make it showroom stock 95 CR250. Um, reason being, as a 14-year-old kid, I wanted a 95 CR125. And uh, honestly, my parents wouldn't let me have one. They said, you're going to kill yourself on it. So I've always been passionate about the 95 CRs. I just thought they were a good-looking bike. And I came across this one, and I bought it uh, fairly cheap. I mean, it needed a lot of work. And started uh, compiling parts, and to be honest with you, I could not find the purple radiator shrouds. So after probably six or eight months of searching, I threw in the towel and decided to go with the, the Honda Troy look because I always always liked the looks of those bikes. I thought they were one of the nicest looking bikes on the circuit back in the day. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Uh, what, what's with the number? Uh most people go with a uh, actual pros number. You've gone with uh, the five seventy two. I assume that's your number. Actually, my uncle's number. When my uncle raced, he was five seventy two, and I just kind of uh, took it as my own as I uh, started my career. And how did you have graphics made up for uh, the two bikes that you've made up so far? Really cool and interesting to see. Uh, like, where, where can people kind of get that sort of stuff sourced out? Well, the uh, the Honda Troy bike, the uh, graphics on that was made by Evo MX, and they're actually out of England. Um, you can check them out. I think it's just evomx.com. Um, and it's a ready-made kit they have. It's actually a Todd DeHoop replica and i was actually able to get it uh, customized with my name and number on it yeah i'm noticing that like they really went to town on for you yeah uh did a great job uh, i was able to get the uh like the original factory gripper seat cover and everything for it um really really uh made it look like the uh the real deal the uh suzuki um suzuki of troy bike that uh, those graphics were made by Primal X Motorsports or Primal X Graphics. Um, they again, it's a ready-made kit. Um, I actually had some pictures of the original Fender decals from um, Jeremy's bike from '97, and emailed those to them, and they were actually able to um, edit their kit a little bit and make those uh, logos match what they did back in the day. And again, put my uh, my number and name on it. Well, there you go. What has been the most difficult part about picking up bikes from Craigslist? They're they're a little bit beaten. There, some of them are the various level of being taken care of. What what's there some horror stories you come along with? Uh, you never know what you're getting. I mean, the bike might look good. Um, the engines, you know, the inside of them, you never know. The uh, the cylinders may be shot. Um, the cases may be 
busted or broke or have been broke and welded. Um, it's, it's a mystery every time you buy one. That's why you never want to overpay for, for one of these bikes because you just never, you never do know what you're going to end up with. So, um, like, have you had any nightmares as far as coming, opening something up and you didn't like what you saw or, uh, had to like, how, how much money went into your 95? Um, too much. <laughs> um, Fair enough. uh, I honestly don't know. I've never sat down and put a hard figure to it. I'm guessing somewhere between 35 and four. Um, That's I mean, I, I went all in on it. I mean, it's got a brand new, um, OEM cylinder. I had to buy a 2001 cylinder because the 95 cylinders were no longer available. Um, the, uh, the hardest part on this particular build was I, I tried to stick with an OEM fuel tank and I could not uh, find a good usable OEM tank. So I actually, I went with an aftermarket. Um, I bought a, a Clark um, OEM size tank and uh, fit was good. The color's a little off. It's not as, as bright white as the original Honda tank was. Um, but uh, being that I'm never going to ride this bike or put gas in it, it doesn't uh, doesn't affect anything really. And you know, for a showpiece, it uh, serves the purpose well. Like, uh, does it, would it function well if you actually did protect? Like, if you wanted to ride it, like, are there uh, any motor mods or any uh, aftermarket stuff that you've done to it to kind of uh, if you did if someone did want to ride it, would it have some get up and go? Oh yeah, I could ride it today if I wanted to. I mean, all it needs is gas and oil put in the thing. Um, you know, uh, guys over at Pro Circuit helped me out. I got a, a, a PC works pipe for it and a, um, a Pro Circuit silencer. Uh, that's about the only mod other than the, um, you know, the newer cylinder, uh, stock reed cage, stock reeds. Um, I did put a vertex piston in it, um, and it does have a hot rods crank. Uh, I actually I purchased a what they call a wrench rabbit kit that includes all the bearings and the seals and the crankshaft and the piston and all the gaskets and everything. So it was a real convenient kit that I was able to uh, buy and uh, made the engine overhaul a breeze. So what's your daily driver? What bike uh, do you ride on a regular basis? Uh, whether it be the Suzuki or I believe you also have a KTM. Yep, um, I have a. 2016 KTM 450 SXF. That's my my primary race bike. Um, you know, I'm just a, a mid 30s vet rider, so you know I don't. I'm not not a an A or B guy by any means. I'm just a, a vet rider, and um, I would never raced a four stroke before. I had always raced two strokes, and I actually walked away from the sport in 2004. And I got back into to racing again. Um, 2015, I had a KTM 250 four-stroke and um, went to a Honda 450 from there and then decided I really missed the electric start. So I went back to a uh, KTM, and that's uh, pretty much what I think I'm going to continue to ride unless uh, somebody comes up with something better. All right, so who are some of the heroes that you looked up to in the 90s that uh, got you – absolutely insanely a fan of this sport and just become a total addict. Oh man, there's a, there's a 
big list. I would say, you know, number one, uh, be Jeremy McGrath. I mean, like anybody else, he, uh, you know, really, really turned the sport around. And that was about the era where I got into it. So I would say Jeremy McGrath would be one. Um, the first pro I actually ever met was Todd DeHoop. Um, he was at a local arena cross and, you know, I was like a 13 or 14 year old kid walking through the pits after the race. And he was in the back of his cube van changing out of his gear and I got his autograph. And, um, you know, so I was kind of, I always kind of followed, uh, Todd a little bit. Um, Guy Cooper, Guy Cooper was probably one of the guys that I, um, watched pretty closely. Um, you know, Jeff Stanton, most most of the Honda guys really just because they were solid good guys. Um, Denny Stevenson because he was kind of a local guy, being from Omaha, he's fairly close. So, you know, as the years progress, obviously, you know, whoever the the, the uh, number one guy was at the time. But um, funny story about McGrath. I was in St. Louis in 1996 for his one and only loss. And it was my first ever Supercross race I'd ever gone to. And you're totally to blame. blame. (laughs) Yeah. I would like to take the blame for that. Um, How it all worked out is I stood in his line for like an hour to get his autograph and uh, autograph session ran out of time. So I was not able to, to get McGrath's autograph or meet him. And uh, fast forward to 2015, I was actually at Loretta Lens, and I finally got to meet McGrath and get his autograph there. That's too funny. That and too funny. Like, and did like, you tell him about that? Tell him about that? No, I was kind of starstruck, so I uh, didn't. Probably, if I had to do it over again, I totally would, but yeah, I didn't. Hey everyone, let's take a break and listen to some commercials quickly, then we'll be right back to the podcast. Thanks for listening. WUSA is your one-stop shop for quality wheel sets in America. All of the best components built for the toughest conditions. Hit up WUSA.com, that's D-U-B-Y-A-U-S-A.com right now, and check out the custom wheel builder selection. Pick your rims, pick your hubs, pick your spokes, even pick your nipples, and see what it's going to look like on your bike. On the website, you'll drool over components like XL and DID rims, Talon and Kite aluminum hubs, Galfer and Brembo brakes, and spokes that take a licking and keep on ticking. The same wheels that you buy are built by the same guys we're building wheels for. Ryan Dungey, Jeremy Martin, Chad Reed, and the entire Geico Honda team. And I kid you not, if they are not told whose wheels are whose, they just build amazing products. And I want you guys in a set of W wheels. So do what I did and head to WBYAUSA.com today. WUSA, all things wheels. Hey, Big MX fans. Thanks for listening to this podcast and hope you're enjoying it. I want you guys to head on over to TractionMX.com. TractionMX is the place to get your seat covers for any bike that you have, whether it be a Husqvarna, Kawasaki, Suzuki, Yamaha, KTM, you name it, these guys have a great seat cover for you. They're durable, they're flashy, they're eye-catching, and they're one of a kind. 
The reason why they're one of a kind is because you design your own. You pick the fabrics, you pick the ribs, you pick the everything all the way down to the stitching uh, color that they use on the seat cover itself. Traction MX is your one-stop shop to set your bike apart from the herd 110%. These seat covers start at just $69.95 American, and uh, the average turnaround is a one to two weeks. One to two weeks from now, you could have a bike that's looking completely different than it does right now. So head on over to TractionMX.com, start shopping, start designing, and make something special like for you today. Going viral with Viral Brand. Viral Brand is setting its sights on being one of the leading brands in the extreme sports market. From supercross to snowcross and snowboarding, and everything in between. Viral Brand is working hard to not only bring you premium products, quality eyewear, and killer style, but award-winning support with every sport. Head on over to theviralbrand.com and get tinted lenses, clear lenses, 10-pack of tear-offs, and goggle bag for only $59.99. Viral Brand products are available in the U.S., Canada, and Australia and used exclusively by the Barn Pros Racing MX Home Depot Yamaha team for the 2017 season. Go viral with the viral brand. Hey guys, Bill's Pipes is back, and that means the return of legendary performance. Two strokes, check. Four strokes, check. Since 1974, they've been tuning power at its finest for motocross racers, off-road rangers, you name it. For you two-stroke lovers, the MX2 Bill's Pipe exhaust system is flat out the right choice to make. Nickel, works, and the brand new cone look is the right system for the job. When it comes to four strokes, Bill's Pipes brings the RE13 to decimate the field anywhere, anytime. So if you want the same pipe used by Billy Leninovich, Sean Collier, Vicky Golden, and the entire Barn Pros Home Depot Yamaha team, head over to Bill'sPipes.com today. And never settle. Yeah, and probably not a night he wants to talk about, but either way, uh, he, he's a really down-to-earth guy. He would have loved to hear the story. But, um, like, what what has been your biggest challenge building these bikes and uh, getting them into this beautiful showroom condition? I know parts can be tough, tough to come by as well as uh, just just finding all of the, the, the little bits and bobs that make them so special. Um, sourcing parts is one of the biggest challenges, um, just depending on what direction you want to go with the bike. Um, again, you know, once you get, get the bike home and you tear it apart and you kind of find out what it needs, things like that. Um, I'd say with the Honda of Troy bike, the biggest challenge for me was finding, um, a good quality white air box and the fuel tank. Um, every bike has a different challenge. I mean, I learn something new every time I build one of these bikes. I learn something new or I learn a new trick to make the next one a little easier. Um, one of the biggest things was every bike I'd always replace all the hardware on. I'd always go buy one of those, um, bolt kits. So I'd have new hardware. Yeah, of course. And, um, and there's actually a local business in uh, a near nearby uh, a neighboring town 
called MX Revivals and do um, vintage motocross restoration. Well, he's able to re-zinc hardware. He can strip the old hardware and re-zinc plate it. So I take all of the hardware, axles, swing arm bolts, linkage bolts, anything um, that's you know plated and um, have it all re-zinced so it all looks new. There's no sense of tearing one of these bikes down and you know, putting it back together with rusty or, you know, oxidized hardware and um, just little, little uh, odds and ends like that will make or break a bike. Um, aluminum components like your linkages, it's all in how you um, clean them and prep them to make them look good. Um, engine cases, um, if they're not painted, if they're just a uh, a raw or a bare aluminum, I will have them vapor blasted, and that is a process much like sandblasting, but it uses um, water with an abrasive um, media, and it'll actually smooth out the pores and give it a, a polished-like appearance and uh, make them easier to clean once they get dirty. Dirt and grease doesn't get trapped in the pores of the aluminum. And it's just little things like that to kind of, you know, separate a good quality build versus, you know, somebody that's just throwing bikes together. Fair enough. Was the easiest decision that you had to uh, go with the 1996-97 shrouds uh, for the the cow, for the Suzuki? Because uh, those ones that came on the 2000s were left a little bit to be desired. Yeah, they're, they're hideous. Um, yeah. <laughs> My, I guess, main goal was to kind of go with a, um, you know, a 96, 7, 8 era look. Um, I kind of had my eye on the graphics that I got for it anyway. Um, that was a pretty easy decision. I knew they um, interchanged because back in the day on the uh, factory bikes, um, Travis Pastrana ran the 98 uh, shrouds on his 99 2000 race bikes so i knew they interchanged um much cleaner look definitely made the bike look better and then i went with the uh the 2014 and newer rmz front fender number plate which i had to modify to work but um the the body lines actually you know how i feel about that yeah yeah it uh i was i had mixed emotions (laughs) about it Um, i'm a purist I completely understand. I agree <laughs> with you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I typically don't like to deviate from, you know, what the original bike would have looked like. Um, but I was going for something a little different. You know, I, I wanted it to stand out when I took it to the racetrack and just be a little different. And, you know, I think in my opinion, I hit the nail on the head with it. Oh, absolutely. It looks good. Uh, I, I don't, I just, I bust your balls a little bit, uh, because, uh, it, it's, uh, just a little bit of a different look. And, uh, like my, my biggest pet peeve is when I see the new, the new style front end on a Kawasaki, uh, two stroke era 03 to when they stopped making them. I think the original looked the best. You can improve on that as far as that, that two stroke look. And people love to throw the, the, the brand new, front end on that it bugs me but i i i like it's your bike man you do whatever the heck you want with it uh what what's what what other bikes are on your to-do list uh has anyone ever approached you to do one 
Yes, actually, I had somebody reach out to me um, right after I finished the Honda Troy bike and ask if I'd be interested in building them a um, Jeremy McGrath replica. And uh, I I put a lot of thought into it, and I just I I don't know that at this point in my life that I want to make it a job. It's it's a hobby, and I don't want to just start doing it as a um, a job. Then I think it'd, it'd take the fun away from it. Oh, definitely. I think uh, like if you don't have the vision of this thing sitting in your living room, it'd be tough to take the tender loving care to. to cross every T and dot every I to make sure that everything was totally perfect for, for some, like for a bike that you you might never see again. So it, that, that personal touch isn't quite there anymore. Correct. Correct. Um, and like so, you said, now, putting this in your living room, I've been, I've been uh, pleading with my wife to let me put this Honda Troy bike in the house because the longer it's yes, in the garage, it needs the more be. chance that I'm going to have to ride it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it needs to be front and center. Maybe even replace the, gar- the 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 kitchen table. Table. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, oh, so, like, like, how close do you follow the uh, the Supercross? Are you obviously still a huge fan? Uh, did you go to the Seattle or the St. Louis Supercross this year? Um, and and what do you think about the series so far? Um, yeah, I follow the. The race is very closely. I try to watch them every Saturday night if I can. Um, I did not make it to St. Louis this year. I went to Minneapolis because that is just uh, a short three-hour drive away. Uh, I got to go up and check out that new new stadium. And, um, I was there. Nice, nice. Um, I, uh, I felt like that was some good racing that night on you know the kickoff of the East Coast. Um, Obviously, it didn't go the way a lot of fans had hoped for um, with um, Alex Martin having some issues. But uh, overall, it was some good racing. Absolutely. Always good racing with uh, Supercross. Uh, sometimes the track it is not conducive to a lot of passing, and that's kind of how it was that particular night. Six 90-degree turns for that particular race. But we've had one heck of a series so far. If you're if you're a fan of watching races on Saturday nights and, uh, and, and checking those out, it's just been unreal to see now Eli Tomac uh, tied with Ryan Dungey. What's your thoughts? Who's going to win this championship? Well, I definitely think Tomac has got the ball in his court at this point. Um, I uh, I don't want to take anything away from Dungey. Dungey's a great rider. He's had a lot of success over the years. Um, I kind of I think it's the passing of the torch right now. Um, oh, yeah. I heard your your podcast the other day with the guys from Pit Pass, and um, I. Uh, I agree with everything you had to say with how it's uh, how it's starting to play out. Yeah, it's uh, uh, we're seeing shades of other years that we saw Ryan Dungey race motocross. Uh, he gets nervous. He he his body language is a little bit different, and that's what we're seeing right now. And uh, um, only time will tell what, as far as the championship goes. That's why I said we still have to race these races, but. Uh, um, all signs pointing towards Eli Tomac taking it. Um, getting back to my previous question of uh, what's on your to-do list, you've got to have a bucket list of bikes that uh, you want to recreate. Is there anything you haven't done yet that uh, 
is is on the the next list or so so to speak yes i've got uh i've got quite a list i uh, just it boils <laughs> down to binding bikes um the the next one i have in in uh in uh my plans i guess would be a 95 kx 125 and um i haven't decided if i'm going to make it a like a showroom stock bike or possibly go with like a, a Robbie Reynard um, replica because his bike back then was pretty close to a, a, a stock factory looking bike, bike yeah. with, uh, yeah. with just, you know, some front and rear fender decals and swing arm stickers. Um, again, that was kind of my era. He was the hot kid, you know, when I was coming up. So um, always, always like the look of the 95. I just think it's a really super clean bike. And, um, you know, I not to take anything away from any of these other guys that have done split fire bikes because every one of them I've ever seen has just been phenomenal. But I, I think that uh, they've run their course. So I'm I'm looking for something different. Fair enough. Well, I know Robbie would appreciate that, and I think he even turned down the contract that year to not ride the split fire bikes. So the two of you guys are on the same page. Um, Matt, I gotta let you go ride your motorcycle, my friend. Although it's raining, it's been a pleasure to have you on the show. Uh, where can people find you on social media and uh, enjoy the beautiful photos of the bikes you build? Um, well, my Instagram is uh, mweller five seven two, and uh, my Twitter is the same way, mweller five seven two. Pretty easy Fair to enough. find. Um, yeah, constantly Will updating be- pictures and working on bikes all the time. Nice. Will you be uh, uh, keeping track of the two-stroke national this weekend in Glen Helen? I will do my best. Um, I'm going to kind of be off the grid a little bit once I get to the track, but I'm going to do my best to try to keep up with it. Cool, man. Well, best of luck at the races this weekend. Yeah. Don't hang up just yet, but for podcast sake, we'll cut it off right there. All right. All right, guys, there you have it. My first time calling up one of my uh, loyal listeners and followers on Instagram to uh, chat a little bit about one of his bike builds. Uh, I had a, It was a really rewarding experience to talk to uh, Matt, who was on his way to racing this last Saturday, and hope that he did well. Um, I, I really want to give my listeners and I want to give uh, my following on Instagram uh, a voice and the ability to uh, to talk about this sport at, at a, on a another level and um, get that discussion going and, and grow it. I think that that's a huge importance to me and uh, I hope that's something that's important to you guys as well. As always, I really appreciate you guys listening, giving me your time and uh, downloading, uh, whether it be on the podcast or going into the podcast app on uh, on your iPhone. More podcasts coming down the way, guys. If, like I said in the previous podcast, if you have any technical questions, uh, something you want to know about, whether it be the machine, whether it be gear, uh, whatever it is, please please send me a message on Instagram at bradgebhart88 or at Big MX Radio. And uh, yeah, check it out, guys. Thanks again for listening. See you later. Bye.